Oh no! That just gave me chills. We'll call you DJ Domus. <laughs> <laughs> Fire has uh, made its way to his Oh, hello! Play the with the game! You never know. Welcome back to High Hope Sportscast. JJ, how is it going? Hey, Mr. DJ, what's up over there? Not much, not much. Ah. Uh, Man, what a what a crazy series for these Timberwolves, man. That's where we're gonna we're gonna lead off. Man. Bummer City, man. It, it's been it's been a really good series, but holy cats, man. If you oh. could make one comment about what obviously to let the viewers and listeners know you were at game four. Yeah. Being there and, and watching the whole series, what Two words could you say about the series right now? Uh, I don't know if I just sum it up in two words, but uh, disappointing and entertaining, I guess. <laughs> yeah, those are, those are two good ways to go with it. It just feels like you get wrapped up into the game and pretty soon it's the fourth quarter with five minutes left to go and you don't know which way it's going to go really because of the, I'd say the officiating number one has been just, mm-hmm. I don't like it when refs do makeup calls because that means they're making bad calls if they have to do a makeup call. And You know, uh, T- Taylor Jenkins, the, the coach for the Grizzlies, you know, he, uh, was complaining about the refs after game four, and he, he eventually he got fined, uh, I think $15,000 for his comments about the refs after the, that game, uh, calling them arrogant and this and that. And, uh, but to be honest, I mean, he, he was opposing teams head coach against us, but to be honest, he was right about some things. So, I mean, he, I'm not gonna. I'm not going to put them down for complaining about stuff. I mean, some of those calls were, uh, you could clearly see that they were wrong. Even, you know, being a Timberwolves fan and we're playing against you, but man, I got to agree with him on some of that stuff. So, and, you know, Paul Allen said that he thinks that it was kind of a, a strategic move by him saying that so maybe that way the refs would kind of lay off of them get get them more calls to go their way the next game well i don't know it kind of it's kind of crappy on both ends for officiating in in, game five last night it was just horrible i totally agree with the comment that Paul Allen made after I thought about it, and I was replaying it to just a little bit ago before we started the show. It is a strategic move when a coach comes out and and verifies or specifies that the refer the refereeing 
is not up to up to standard and um obviously if one side says it don't you think that our coach should have came out and said the same thing just right. to combat it so it wouldn't have been one-sided in game five but maybe coach finch didn't want that fine or that yeah, that's true but yeah so to go over the last three games we've played three games since our last show so uh going back to game three um which was the first one in minnesota yeah uh, so the wolves fall to the grizzlies uh in game three 104 to 95 uh we came out really hot in that game um we the biggest lead we had was 26 points. Uh, I dude, I thought we were gonna run away with that game. I I thought we had it in the bag. Uh, I just think that the Wolves got too confident in that lead, and they let off the gas, let Memphis get back into the game, and then we got rattled, gave up the lead, and resulting in the loss. Um, I. I don't know. I was pretty pissed off. I don't know if I was more pissed off in in game three or last night. I would ha- kind of have to go with game three just because of the the amount of points we were up by, dude. Like, I I can't even put it into words how pissed off it was. And then to top it off, Charles Barkley. Yeah. At the post-game show, calls the Wolves the dumbest team in the NBA. Yeah, like, come on, dude. That yeah, that's a real class act by you, Charles. You don't even have any freaking rings. You can't even talk. So just sit down. Man, Man he, re- he rephrased it, DJ. He said that I don't mean that the players are dumb. I mean the ownership and the coaching staff are dumb. And what he meant by that, I want to kind of break it down a little bit, is we with a 26-point lead, DJ, we continued to hack up threes. And we went cold, allowing Memphis. Do you, do you like Memphis's offensive game better than the Timberwolves' offensive game, or would you rather ride with the Timberwolves' offensive style? Memphis does a lot of stuff in the paint. Yeah. And Timberwolves are more on the perimeter. They both of them have their their advantages and disadvantages, just like everything else. But uh, I think Paul Allen said today, you know, Memphis's offense isn't like out of the water good. It's they play good defense. Yeah, that's why you know when Memphis is down. That coach over there is calm as can be because he knows that his team can play defense. So, but I would have to go with our to go with our offense. But I do agree with one thing: we play ISO offense way too much. Anthony Edwards, I agree, goes ISO way too much, and yeah. sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But and D'Lo even, like I don't know what's up with D'Lo in this series. But 
I mean, not I don't say ditch the ISO altogether, but we do it way too often. You see the Ant or D'Lo just wave everyone off like, okay, how many times have we done this already? Like, let's run an actual play, dude. I think people are starting to catch on to this isolation play, especially with Anthony Edwards. And that's not, I'm not being hard on Anthony, but he no. has he fails a lot more than he has success at this at this young age. He takes a lot of risky shots out the perimeter when you know there's nobody down low to rebound, and he's pulling up for the J. He's got a lot of confidence. I don't want him to lose that. But, you know, back to D'Lo, uh, we are all as fans. He is a max play. He's a max contract player, DJ. He's not doing enough right now, the lot, games four and games five. He, to read his stats from game uh, three, he actually had a good game, but that's despite Carl Anthony Towns. Towns only played 33 minutes. He had eight points, one, five boards, and one assist. D'Lo picked up the slack with 22 points, eight assists, and five rebounds. And you were right about jumping out to a good lead. At the end of the first quarter, the Timberwolves were up 39-21. to 21. And then we, in the second and fourth quarter, guess how many points we were, we were able to manage? It was the same. I don't, I don't remember. A dozen. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I remember. So at the half, it was 44 to 51. We were up by seven. We get out to the end of the third. We had a nine-point advantage. We scored 32 to their 23. So it was 67 to 83. So we were up by 16 going in to the fourth quarter. And we let them score 37 in the fourth to our dozen in the fourth for a final of 104.95. And, yeah, DJ, the thing about it is, the thing about it is, you're right. Their coach is calm and collective knowing that they have better defense at, at certain points. And when their starters are on the court, and they're very deep into their bench. I don't think people oh, give yeah. them credit. Give him credit for that. So I mean, look at Jaron Jackson. He's in foul trouble every single game early, and yeah, I feel Brandon, I feel bad Brandon for him. Clark comes in there. Brandon Clark has been a monster this series. I definitely agree with that comment. Get, I mean, we'll get to game five and talk more about him. But I mean, moving on to game four, it's yeah, just. So- yeah, James Go ahead, Four. DJ. Tell them everything you <laughs> want to tell them. <laughs> so, game four, I, I didn't take many pictures, as I said I was going to. I actually took videos. Um, but I couldn't. I, I can share them, but I couldn't share them with sound, so I apologize about that. doesn't really make sense to share them without the audio. Um, I do have this, this one picture. Um, this is, without zooming in, this is a view from our seats. Uh, we were up there, but it was still, man, it was electric. And this isn't even what the stands looked like. If you can kind of see the scoreboard up there, we were sitting down already at like 44 minutes left to till game time. So, uh, yeah, we 
So we left her house at about 3 p.m. Uh, the game didn't start till 9. So uh, I stopped and had supper before hitting the, the cities. I uh, got parked at about 6 o'clock. I had to wait till 7.30 when the the uh, gates opened. Uh, and then once we got in, we went to the team store. Um, it was, uh, you couldn't even turn around in that place, dude. It was just so packed. And it, oh. it, it was, it's smaller than the team store before they renovated, re-renovated it. I was like, this It's smaller than the old one. It, yeah. It, I mean, it looked like it. I mean, huh. and they had a lot less stuff in it. I was like, the only jerseys that they had on the racks were they had a rack of, uh, cat jerseys and they had, uh, a rack of Pat Bev jerseys. That's it? That was it. I didn't... The only Anthony Edwards jerseys I saw were for kids. They must have sold out before the playoffs or game game number, what, three? I don't know. But you, you think that for the playoffs, you'd have a full stock because you know you're going to have a packed house. Yeah. So I don't... I don't know. So... I got a shirt. We got a shirt from my daughter. Um, and then I ended up getting a big, uh, it looks like a bear claw, but it's probably a Timberwolves claw. It's a foam. I thought she'd like that. And then the first time I was in the team store, I was, I looked at a Pat Bev jersey. It was in my size. And I was like, mm, no. So we go up sit at our seats well before that we the only uh place they had mini donuts was the first level and we were our seats were on the second level so we went got uh mini donuts before we went upstairs and got a pop and then we got to our seats and you know time went on we we're just sitting there watching the players warm up and i kept thinking to myself god i should i should really go back down and get that pat pev jersey Finally, I don't know, there was like 15, 20, 15 minutes to go before tip-off. I'm like, all right, I'm going to go back down there quick. So I went down there, finally got to the team store. I went the wrong way, the long way. <laughs> and then I get there, and my size is down. All they had was mediums and smalls. And I was like, oh, man, I should have got it before. So I missed out on that, but. Uh, with that, we are, when we got home, I don't know, the next day, I actually ordered one on online, so me and my wife are going to share it. She wanted a jersey, too. She she wanted to go back already. Last night, she's like, I was watching it on TV. She's like, I already looked up tickets for game six, and I was like. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, yeah. But they're, they're, <laughs> they're really, they were really expensive. They were like. Mm, about double of what we paid for our seats before, and they were about the same seats. So, holy cow! Say, DJ, when you got your left, yeah, when you got your drink, which was probably a soda, was it in a souvenir cup? Yep, I got a souvenir cup. It's oh, it's I like to see clear. that. Yeah, it's clear, and then it uh, in black it says Wolves back, and cool. then we uh. Every seat had a, a rally towel on it too. So, oh yeah, 
So you you and your wife got one of them? Yep. Awesome, dude. So, yeah. Did you, and then, did uh, you get a program, too? No. I, I didn't see any. Oh, okay. <clears throat> and then, uh, yeah, after the game, uh, we didn't get out of the parking ramp until 1, 1 a.m., and we had a couple-hour drive. Uh, got back home at three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> wow, it makes but, for a uh, long Sunday. Yeah, it was. It, it was. We were pretty, pretty tired the next day. Yeah. Um, so to, to get into that game, game four. Uh, first of all, dude, that place was loud. I know you, you, you could hear it on TV, but. Being there was just a whole different level, dude. Oh my god, it was electric in there. <clears throat> the Wolves ended up tying up the series 2 2 with a 119 to 118 uh win. We we almost gave it away in the end of that one, too, but we held on. Um, like you said, I think it was. The best game of the series to go to. I picked the right game to go to. Um, yeah, yeah, you did. Cat had a good game. Uh, I think he scored like thirty-three points in that game. So that yep. was that was awesome. And uh, <clears throat> another protester ran onto the field or onto the court. Um, Dude, that was the most the most. <laughs> uh... I've never seen anything like that on t- live TV. I thought it, she had a referee shirt on underneath her sweater, dude. Yeah, and she was just about to rip tape. her sweater off, and she got tackled out of nowhere. And yeah, that I've was the end so of her. Many, yeah, I've seen so many videos from different angles, different people. The the security guard that tackled her was sitting, I don't know, about three chairs down from them. And even in the highlights, like earlier on in the game, even the, I, I don't think they were there at all for, in the first quarter, but, you know, the second quarter, that security guard was sitting there and staring at them the whole time. So he knew that they looked suspicious to begin with. And just, she barely even touched the court and that he was already on the court ready to tackle her. And I know when it happened, uh, my wife had uh, come back from the bathroom, so I didn't get to see uh, the very beginning of it happening. Um, but I know you texted me and you said, "Is that Batman on the court?" Or something <laughs> <like> that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Um, did you know that when we have a protest in? Either Memphis or Minnesota, the Timberwolves win. Yeah, I told my wife that. I said, there's no protesters last night. That's why we lost. <laughs> and she's like, do you, you want to go protest on Friday to make sure we win? I was like, no. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> it's not worth the jail time for that. <laughs> no. You got to make sure you're running the camera, DJ. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I wanted to give you some some stats. Um, 
Yeah, like you said, at Carl Anthony, that was his best game, and he played 42 minutes that night, DJ. Holy. So he played all but six minutes with the 33 points, the 14 boards, three assists, and, of course, Anthony Edwards, 24, 4, and 4. And the third wheel, D'Lo, he did quite come through on the points and only scoring 10, but he had seven assists and two boards in 35 minutes. So um, Jordan McLaughlin, to, you were, you were going to yeah, talk was, about him here. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say I wanted to give a spotlight, player spotlight that doesn't really get the spotlight very much, and that that's J-Mac, Jordan McLaughlin. I think he had, what did he have, 16 points? Yep. Yep. yep, and he was just going off with those threes. I was like, "Man, we could have used him, you know, in the other three games. Maybe we, maybe we would have won if we would have played J Mac more." Yeah, Coach like, Finch had made mention of that. That it was kind of his fault that he didn't integrate J Mac in sooner in the in this series. But hitting on the three-pointers, DJ, we were 18 for 36 for 50% on three points that night. And Memphis was 15 for 32, which is 47%. But what does the deal with the Memphis Grizzlies can't make a free throw? Well, I think it's mainly Brandon Clark. He can't make a free throw. And, uh... I don't know. Paul Allen said, you know, maybe we need to go to a uh, uh, strategy of Hacker Clark. That's what you game. meant by that. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yep. Now I get what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hacker Clark. I don't think Clark would be playing as much if Triple J would be in foul trouble. I, they, are they picking on him and Carl Anthony Towns, the refs? Or are they deliberately making stupid penalties? But I, I kind of always thought that maybe we are kind of uh, trying, I guess in a way, trying to get Jaron Jackson to foul, to yeah. get him into foul trouble early. That way yeah. he gets taken out. So maybe I, I kind of felt like that. I kind of felt like that they were doing that with Ja too a couple of games to see. I think a couple of games, uh, Ja had a couple of quick foul fouls er, very early in the game, and I was like, "Hmm, maybe he'll just take it out for a while, and we can run up the lead." To see the game you were at, Ja only managed eleven points, but he did have fifteen dimes and eight rebounds. So he's been floating around a triple double every game. He's he was not scoring until about game five, and that's where we're headed to next. <clears throat> yeah. So with the series uh, tied 2-2, we go back to Memphis for game five, which was last night. Yep. Uh, no, Like we said, no protesters last night, so we didn't have any drama with that. Um Wolves started out not not doing very good. Um, we were down double digits early, uh, but we came surging back and had a double digit lead till late in the fourth quarter. And uh, we were we were in foul trouble. Uh, Pat Bev actually Majorly. fouled out, which 
Pat Bev fouled out, which that majorly took a toll on our defense. Pat yes. Bev is by far our best defensive player on the team. <clears throat> and, I mean, probably, you know, the biggest leader on that team. I, To be honest, uh, without Pat Bev, I don't think we made – I don't think we would have made the playoffs. To be honest. I agree, DJ. I mean, he came from the LA Clippers, so it was very emotional for him during the play-in game. If you remember, he was jumping on a table, threw his jersey into the stands, ran around, hugged every Clipper player like he missed them, and then he went, talked to a few people uh, media-wise, and he was bawling, crying on his way out of Target Center. So... But I don't. People are so hard on that guy. It's like he he does a little bit of everything. There's nothing wrong with that. He doesn't have to put up thirty. But this day and age, they want your point guards to do twenty and ten, which would be twenty points, ten assists. But if he can lock down guys like Paul George and John Morant, he's very valuable. And we saw that late in the game last night, John. Come back to orbit last night. He started. He made a big three late in the game. He started making his free throws later in the game. I just think he felt more comfortable. And when you start getting in a guy's head like Pat Beverly does, it was very evident coming out of John Morant that he was getting to John. When Beverly disappeared, nobody else has that vocal attitude. And we really missed him last night late in the game. I totally agree with you, DJ. Yeah, and then uh, Anthony Edwards sat out for a, a while with uh, five fouls. Yeah. Uh, so that hurt hurt as well. Um, <clears throat> and then, man, what, what can you say about John Morant last night? Oh, my God. And I... I was thinking about it. I didn't. It didn't cross my mind until earlier today. I feel like I jinxed us because you do. What? Yeah. Because don't you remember last night we were? I was watching. We were watching the game. I texted yeah. you and I said, and I, I texted you and I said, I'm not complaining. But what happened to John Morant's three point shot? Oh. And then he comes up clutch and hits a three. Oh, DJ, it was your oh. fault. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I know, but some stats, DJ, um, we were up three points, 31-28 at the end of the first quarter. We were up 55. It was 55-53 at half. And then we were up 85-74. to So we were up. 11 points going into the fourth. We got it to 13, and they outscored us 37 to 24, which was an 11 point or 13 point differential to win by two. What were you thinking on that last play of the game? Didn't Anthony Edwards go the wrong way? Uh, so I actually saw, I think on Twitter, uh, Ant actually. Um, kind of took the blame for that loss last night. Uh, he said he already had it 
he already had his mind made up that he was going to try and uh, steal the ball. And oh. he he shouldn't have. And that's how John Morant got to the basket for that layup. And yeah, he 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 blames himself for, for that loss, basically. So he he went for the steal. He, he gambled and he came up short. Chaw went right by him and you know, there that's that was the game, but bef- even before that, after that posterizing dunk over Malik Beasley, Dang. right there, I was like, the momentum has completely gone to Memphis. Yeah, you said that in the text message. You go, you go. That's it. I'm gonna call nope. game. They're not coming back, and you were ultimately right again. So maybe we need to get a line from Finch to Olsen and see if we can get some type <laughs> of communication going on here if we're going to win this game six. <coughs> My expectations right. will be that Anthony Edwards is going to have a big game in game six. And Cat needs to have a big game too. I mean, the whole team does. But, you know, your big players like that, Anthony Edwards, Cat, uh, D'Lo for sure. Those three guys right there, they have to have a good game for sure. Um, you know, even even if we make it past this series, the rest of the playoffs, it's playoffs, man. Like, like I don't, I don't know how to explain it, but um, no, going you, back you're to right. Tom, you're right, DJ. It's playoffs, right? You can't be slacking. I mean, you shouldn't be in the regular season, but you're in the playoffs. You don't be effing around. <laughs> no. But going back to John Morant's dunk quick. Yeah. If I'm Malik, if I'm Malik Beasley, I'm turning my phone off for a week because <laughs> that's uh-huh. all you see on Twitter is John Morant just posterizing Malik, Malik. Beasley. Yeah, oh, that's that definitely gonna be on a lot of posters in Memphis, Tennessee. <laughs> Dude, he tried to do a second one, but he missed the dunk. Do you do you remember that? Yeah, that guy John Morant, he can jump so darn high. Mm-hmm. He's just a little guy. He's like six two, like one eighty. Yeah, and he can jump above the rim. But did you see his dad's team? Team Morant sitting next to Usher. Yeah, I did. <laughs> there was so much, so many people kept saying that that looks like Usher. It looks like Usher. Then they come out in Game Five, and all of a sudden, Usher, Team Red are sitting next to each other. There was yeah. a lot of people there that were some a lot of big name celebs were at that game, Game Five. Yeah. So yeah, off to Game Six, back to the Target Center uh, Friday night. Uh, we don't know what the time is going to be yet; uh, it hasn't been announced. Um, but come on, Wolves, let's let's tie this series back up at three three, and let's force the Game Seven, and let's go back to Memphis and uh, send the Memphis fans home mad, and let's yes. move on in this playoffs. Yes. As for the other series, DJ, uh, the Bulls are down by 
seven or sixteen to the Bucks. That's a three-one series for Milwaukee. Uh, Philly leads the Raptors three to two. They're going to be in Game Six tomorrow. Miami won yesterday, so they clinched the first round over Atlanta, four games to one. And later tonight, the Joker will take on Steph Curry, and it sounds like they're going to run Clay Pool, Clay Thompson. Uh, Pool, Jordan Poole, and Steph Curry all in the same starting lineup. So watch out for the the rain show out in uh, Oakland tonight <laughs> later on. Yeah, I think the I think the Nuggets will get eliminated tonight. I thought you know it's you got an MVP and Joker, but dude, he he can't do it all. And that's kind of how I felt about Milwaukee when Middleton went down with a ACL injury. But maybe Giannis is a little different, but they have a lot more talent, I think, in Milwaukee right now than they do in Denver. And Chicago is going to be without Levine and Caruso, so I think yeah. the, I think the Bulls are going to be done here. Your favorite player went into the safety protocol yesterday? Yeah, I heard that. That's too bad. I like Zach Levine back in the day. I still, I mean, I still would follow him now, even and play with him on games and such. But it just seems like he can't get the break. You know, they yeah. they bring in Demar Derozan and they got uh, Vucevic there for their kind of semi big three, and they were really hot to start the beginning, middle of the year, and it just I don't know if it was just injury or lack of production, but. Looks like they're going to be eliminated tonight. All right, moving on to uh, NF, back to the NFL. Um, before we get into deep into the NFL here, uh, I got uh, a trivia question quick here for you, JJ. <laughs> so here it is. What do we got? There's only, there's only one team that has not played in nor. Hosted a Super Bowl. Who is that team? One team that has not played in nor hosted a Super Bowl. Who is that team? Give me one second to think here. <laughs> no doodling. <laughs> <laughs> How do you know? <laughs> um. Is it the Jacksonville Jaguars? Nope. They've played in one, but haven't hosted one. The it Texans. AFC team. Nope. The Tex. It's not the Texans. Nope. Huh. It's an AFC team. You're saying it, the the Super Bowl oh. has been in in Houston before. It has. Yeah. Energy Stadium. Oh. Energy Stadium. And well, NRG. <laughs> NRG. <yeah. laughs> DJ. Oh. Jeez. They've uh, had very bad luck with quarterbacks for as long as is I can that, remember. Is it Cleveland Browns? Yes, sir. So they, they don't count their early champions, but they. They've never hosted a Super Bowl, and they never played in yeah. one. Yeah, that's what it uh, said. Huh. 
That's pretty cool <laughs> to write that one down. <laughs> All right. So uh, moving on, we, 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 the end of the show is going to be uh, our main focus. So we got to kind of pick it up. We've spent a lot of time on the Wolves. Um, Tom Brady, uh, the Bucks restructured his contract, which cleared up uh, $9 million in cap space. Man, I, I don't know how many times I don't. I think Tom Brady's done this. Uh, he's the team player, even though I wish he would just retire and stay retired. But uh, I I gotta give it to him. He he does stuff uh, for for the team. So it, it's kind of cool to see that he's still doing that. Um, do you think it's I Giselle think... telling him to to keep playing, or do you think it's Tom himself? I think it's I think it's him. Yeah. He's it, he loves the game. He's addicted to the game. So yeah. um and now you know he retired and he came back. Now he's talking about playing until he's fifty. No. That's what I heard. Oh. What's he gonna be? Forty four or forty five this coming season? Forty four. I know we've asked this we've asked this a million times on this segment (laughs) grandpa brady yeah the tiktok that was wild (laughs) all right and then uh another tom brady thing i think jj you sent me this uh, a twitter post um reported reportedly the dolphins were planning on offering a second round pitch for tom brady and a first round pitch for former head coach sean payton now that I literally when I read that I had to, to reread it and then I had to laugh afterwards because if you think that the Buccaneers were gonna just give you Tom Brady for a second round pitch, you've gotta be I I don't even know what. You, you you've gotta be clinically insane if you think that a team is gonna give up Tom Brady for a second round pitch. Come on. <laughs> I just is it funny like it's hysterical because that's not what anybody would expect or is that his market value at 44 would be a second round pick I don't know I mean it's a goat man he's he's worth more than a second round pick most definitely I mean could you imagine the short routes he could run with Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill like they used to do back in the day with their their guys up in New England. Oh yeah, Miami would definitely be a contender, and then he'd have to go play his old uh, friend Billy Boy <laughs> twice <laughs> Billy twice boy. a year. Oh Billy Boy! <laughs> yeah. That would be fun football to watch, actually. I'd probably tune in. All right, and then uh, the NFL announced recently the NFL schedule will be released on Thursday, May 12th. Um, I think it's at like 7 or 8 o'clock. It it was a late time. I don't remember exactly. But plus, there will be three games on Christmas Day this year for the first time ever. So... I believe that I believe NBA already does that. Um, 
So that'll be interesting, I guess. Uh, I'll put a little well. competition between uh, NBA and NFL. Yeah. Because NBA does a game at 11, 1, 3.30, 5, 7.30, and 9. So maybe they won't do as many this year. Maybe they'll only go early and late or something if the Christmas games are like 11 and 3 and maybe a evening game. I don't know. It'll be interesting to follow that going forward. Yeah, we'll see how it goes and... I mean, it's it. I don't know. It, it's nice, but then again, it kind of sucks. I'm like, you know, it. Just let the players have the holiday to be with their families and stuff. But I wonder if they get double pay for that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, like for uh, hourly people that work the minimum wage or medium range jobs, they get extra pay for working on holidays. I just wonder if the athletes get double pay or incentive to play on them days. Right. Because they don't have a choice. They really don't have a choice. All right. Yeah, we're making time and a half today, boys. (laughs) Yeah, this is my $2 million day. Right. (laughs) (laughs) All right, and then the last thing is uh, we got JJ's mock draft through uh, picks one through twelve. Um, so I I made a ticker. Uh, I'll have all all twelve picks on there. Um, so I'll just have kind uh, of give the floor to JJ a little bit here and have him uh, briefly talk about his picks. There okay. we go. You started the trick. So. Um... You know, the consensus number one pick, we just don't really know yet who that's going to be. And at this stage of the draft, there could be a lot of fluctuation on what teams decide to do. But I believe Jacksonville, number one, is going to take Trayvon Walker, defensive end edge rusher out of Georgia. And uh, he's... 6'5", 265, he really impressed at the combine. And the next pick, the next pick, Aiden Hutchinson out of Michigan Wolverines. He is also a defensive end. I think uh, you can look between Kayvon Thibodeau, Aiden Hutchinson, Trayvon Walker, and rearrange him in the top seven to see where they all fall. But Aiden's going to go to his home state, Detroit Lions, at number two. Three one three, three one three eight mile. <laughs> but yeah, Texans are gonna break down and draft a six seven three hundred and fifty offensive tackle named Evan Neal, who has started three years for Alabama. And uh, number four, who DJ and I have talked a lot about on our show, is uh, Ahmad Sauce Gardner out of Cincinnati. He's a 6'3", 200-pound cornerback with a C. Uh, There is talk that the Texans might be looking at a corner later around this time of the year. Uh, We'll find out tomorrow night where Sauce Gardner and our boy, 
who I have at 12, Derek Stingley Jr., come off the board. Um, as you'll see, uh, Icky Akonwu, the big right guard tackle from North Carolina State, going to the Giants at five. And I have Malik Willis, quarterback out of Liberty, going to the circus. The Carolina <laughs> Panthers at six. And earlier in the year, we all thought that Kayvon Thibodeau, the edge rusher from the Oregon Ducks University, and I believe DJ follows them a little bit, we have him falling down to seven and going out east to play with the New York football giants. Eight, I had a tough decision to make, but I actually give them the, in my opinion, uh, Garrett Wilson from Ohio State University to the Atlanta Falcons. His comp is equal to Stephon Diggs, and we all know how good Diggs was in Minnesota. Now, nine, with Seattle Seahawks, uh, there was potential that they would take a wide receiver due to the fact that their big dog would be gone. Um, who was that? What was his name again, DJ? For who? DK, DK Metcalf for the Seahawks was supposed to yep. be traded. But now that um, DJ Dom has called it with gang green that Debo Samuel <laughs> will be going to the Jets – it kind of changes the Seahawks picks, and I I have them going with a corner and Trent McDuffie out of Washington. Well, that 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 Jets thing for uh, Debo, it, it, it's not a done deal. It it just said that they were the front runners. So yeah, I mean, but yeah, I mean, it, it's looking like uh, DJ Thomas might might end up being right on that one. That that's crazy. It just DJ Thomas strikes again. <laughs> It was just a vision I had too. It just boom, I saw him in a Jets jersey, and that's that's what I said, and that could be coming true. <laughs> now, now, if I see Mike Zimmer in silver and black this upcoming season, DJ, we're gonna take a few hundred thousand dollars and go to Vegas. <laughs> I think. <laughs> oh, and then go see Mike Zimmer because he'll be in Vegas. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I predicted this. <laughs> hey, Zim, how's it going, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> so I have the Jets uh, taking a edge rusher. This guy, Jermaine Johnson II, is from Minnesota. He played at Eden Prairie. He went to Georgia Bulldogs, and then he ended up playing at Florida State Seminoles. So I'm having the edge rusher go to the Jets. Kyle Hamilton will then fall the safety from Notre Dame, who's big. He's 6'3", 220, probably could play any safety position or the smaller linebacker position, very versatile, going to the Washington Commanders at 11. And our boy Derek Stingley Jr. magically makes it to 12. But I'm going to tell you this, DJ. It's, it's never easy doing a preemptive mock draft. That's why I looked up uh, a few other guys that were doing mock drafts. I didn't take any of my stuff from any of them. I just did it on my own based off the team need. So Bucky Brooks, as of today, has Jameson, Jameson Williams, the big wide receiver from Alabama, coming off at 12 to Minnesota. What do you think about that, DJ? 
Who was it? Jameson Williams. He's got he has a knee injury and he'll start the season on the pup list, but he put up some huge numbers with Bryce Young in Alabama. Yeah. I, what would you think about a, a upper echelon receiver coming in at 12? I mean, there, there's a lot of talks about it. Um, but I don't know. I With Thielen and Jefferson, but the, someone did make a good point today that, you know, in a couple of years, the inv- you're going to get the invoice for for Justin Jefferson, and it it's going to be a hefty number. So, yeah, um, it kind of makes sense to get a, a receiver that you'll have on the cheap for a while, and then you can give you can pay Jefferson uh, his money while having another really good receiver for cheap. You know, save yourself some money. We might end up losing Adam Thielen in that process, but I, like I said before, I've kind of seen it coming. Uh, I don't think we're going to be able to keep both Adam and Jefferson, maybe even not past uh, beyond this year. So I might, it, it's sad to say, but I think this is probably the last year that Thielen and Jefferson will be on the same team. Yeah, I have to agree. Uh, my feelings about the Minnesota wide receiver room is very – I'm very high on all those guys. And I would welcome uh, the style of play that a 6'3", 215-pound receiver from Alabama would bring to the room. Could you imagine if we somehow kept Thielen with a Jamison Williams and a Jet? Oh, man. Twice he'd have to find some money in his couch cushions or something for that. Yeah, the cap is a myth, as they say. Um, Just to let you know, uh, two other guys also selected Trent McDuffie, the cornerback out of Washington. Now, I had him going up before us, but there's a probability that – Derek Stingley is not going to make it to 12. And I think, which is another guy's prediction, that we we would trade down with Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh would take a quarterback at 12, and we would take cornerback out of Clemson, Andrew Booth. He's a tall, lanky corner. But... I just hope that Quasey somebody's going to fall DJ to 12. What are we going to do? Are we going to trade back? Are we going to take BPA? Or is it Stingley all the way or nothing? I don't know yet. We'll find out tomorrow. I don't know. I, I, to be honest about Stingley, I, he's, I think he's going to be gone before 12. Yeah. I agree. I definitely think. And, I think um, Mitch Duffy, I don't think he's going to be in the top 12. You don't think he'll be in the top 12? No. I think he'll be available at 12. I think he's the third yeah. corner out of the top three corners. I think number one is Ahmed Sauce Gardner. Number two is Stingley Jr. Number three is McDuff, McDuffie. But uh, and I think uh, your Washington pick 
Kyle Hamilton. I definitely, I strongly think that Washington is an adult offense instead of defense. See, I, I, when I look at mine, I, I was thinking um, Washington really wants Garrett Wilson, but he's going to be off the board by the time he gets to eleven. They get to eleven, so I just don't see him reaching on a receiver, DJ. If if the Garrett Wilson's not there, because Garrett Wilson is a top five draft. A potential star for the next uh, uh, upcoming league as a rookie, and I have him going off to the Falcons at eight. But somebody's gonna fall to twelve. I think you're right, DJ. I think Hamilton's gonna go probably at seven or maybe eight. And um, I, I I don't know. Some people are, are have talking, sauce. Are you talking go Hamilton ahead. or are you talking Hamilton or Stingley? I think both of them are going to go off a little higher than 11 and 12. Yeah. But when I but started I, yeah, putting pieces think... this together, it's like these other major guys, these ends and receivers, because there's a big dollar amount of tackles, edge rushers, and receivers right now, and that's your three big talents of the draft this year is speed. But that's hard to analyze because – you don't know what the teams plan on doing if they're going to take best player available or BPA, if they're going to go with need at a high pick, which a lot of teams don't do in this era. It, quarterback used to be the big pick at the top three, and there really isn't a quarterback in my opinion. I've seen Malik Willis going to Detroit at two on some of the mock drafts. I've heard that too a lot in the last couple of days. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I kind of don't want to see him just going to Detroit. I don't, I don't either, to be honest. But I don't want to see him twice a year. Here's, here's a question. And okay. I, I, they, they talked about it on nine to noon today. Okay. If, if you say, you don't trade up, you don't trade down, we stay at 12. Yep. 12, 12, uh, 12 uh, pit rolls around, uh, and and uh, it, the quarterback that you like the most in, in the draft is Malik Willis. He's there at 12. What do you do? Do you take him? Because, say, you know, if you, if you like him, you know, beforehand, you have a conversation with Kurt and be like, hey, you know, this is, you know, what we're thinking. Um, this is a situation we just wanted to let you know, you know, so you're not caught off guard. You know, it, and, you know, he's all right with it. He, you know, the accuracy, I've heard Malik Willis isn't as accurate as, you know, they'd like him to be, but Kirk. As we know, he's a very accurate passer. So to sit yeah. behind Kirk, I mean, it, it makes sense. If you're in love with Malik Willis, you know, and he's there, and they're projecting him not to be there by 12, but if for some reason he is, do you take him at 12? 
Well, to be a fly on the room on the wall in the room of the draft room Vikings tomorrow night. Uh, uh, it uh, it's similar to what uh, the Packers did two seasons ago with Jordan Love. Well, instead they of helping get him, yeah, they instead of helping the team, they got a backup quarterback. Because he ain't going to play over Aaron Rodgers. And honestly, I don't see Malik Willis playing over Kirk, to be honest. No, but, I mean, I, I don't know. I, at this point with Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins is going to have to win the Super the Bowl. First, yeah. yeah to the Super Bowl for me to want to extend him again. So... I don't think anybody really wanted to extend Kirk when we got KOC and Quasi Adolfo Mensah. I think we were all anticipating that was the end of number eight. But now I'm hearing things from all sorts of YouTubers. KOC loves Kirk. KOC loves Kirk. It's a, it's a, Kirk can go above and beyond for what he can do for this team these next two seasons. So they're liking what they're seeing out of Kirk in this new brand of offense, but he is 34. He'll be 36 at the end of the contract. Do we get a quarterback this year or do we roll the dice and see how far we can go with Kirk and the crew this year and wait to see what happens? If we do terrible, then there are some great prospects coming up in next this next year's draft. Which, where was that going to be again, DJ? Uh, it's not in Detroit. Um, was it Detroit or was it Kansas it City? Kansas City. Kansas City is next year, I think. Yeah, Kansas City and then Detroit. Yeah, something like but, that. I know Detroit's somewhere in there, but I'm pretty sure Kansas City is next year. But, but I, going back to, he, you know, going back yeah. to Kirk, Kirk, um, or getting a quarterback next year, that that's another piece of the puzzle that they were talking about. Someone said, you know, as of right now, the Vikings would be considered a playoff team. So, you know, it if we go into the playoffs, we're not going to have that high of a pitch next year. So, we're not going to have very good options for quarterbacks in the draft next year. So. You either trade up this year or if, like I said, if Malik Willis falls down to 12 somehow, do you take him? You know, you, you get your quarterback now plus be a playoff team and then you don't get a high draft pick next year, but you already got your quarterback and he's already sat behind Kirk for a year already. There's so many different ways to look at it. Dude, I'd make a prediction that if Malik is there at 12, we will have some favorable, and I mean favorable, trade options. Yeah, And that would be my prediction. We wouldn't draft at 12, but Malik would go off at 12 if he's there. But at this point, I can't see Carolina and Seattle passing on him. You're right, DJ. It's uh, pick six and pick nine, and then it would be pick 12. 
Um, maybe the commanders would sneak in on him if he's there at 11. I don't know. They, right. I don't think maybe. Do you, do you fully believe in, in, uh, uh, what's his name? Carson Wentz. Yeah. Carson Wentz. They, they must um, believe in Wentz because they give him a two year contract, but I still think if he's there at 11, why not? When when he when when Wentz is completely healthy, yeah, I yeah, trust him. he's class. But he's not completely healthy too often. So maybe I, I don't know. It would be kind of dumb for them to realize it now because they already traded to get Wentz. But yeah, you know, maybe maybe they're like, oh hey, this guy is really injury prone. Maybe we should look at drafting a quarterback. But. I don't know. That might make them look dumb as well. Like you just traded for Carson Wentz, but now you're going to draft a quarterback. That makes no sense. <laughs> no, and just to go back to uh, other picks that have been seen in mock drafts: Kyle Hamilton, safety, six four two twenty, has been mocked to the Vikings. I told you about the big boy last week, the 6'6", 341-pound Jordan Davis, D-tackle out of Georgia. Uh, those are two new names that they've added. Jermaine Johnson out of Florida State, Trent McDuffie. And then um, Chad Reuter put out a full seven-rounder. Now, according to this, we don't have a fourth-round pick this year. Did you know that, DJ? No, I didn't. I didn't either, and uh, the second round was pick 46. We take Louis Cine, a safety out of Georgia. I guess he's really good. And anybody from this Georgia team that's coming out has got is a minimum of a four-star, five-star prospect. So uh, the third round at pick 77, they have us taking a tight end out of Virginia, Jelani Woods, who tested out extremely well at the Combine. And then it jumps to the fifth round, pick 156, is Jesse Lupka. He's an edge rusher from Penn State. So, uh, honestly, this will be my last take on pick 12. I think the ultimately we're trading down. And we are listed as four teams that are going to be in the trade-heavy market come draft night, which is tomorrow night. It's on ABC, it's on ESPN, and it's on the NFL Network for those that want to follow along. And uh, they do; they are still doing NFL.com underneath the draft category is predict the pick, and that's kind of how I formulated my first 12 picks, which I went on and completed a mock draft of round one. And I'll be competing in that tomorrow night as well. So... Yeah, I I mean, w with Kwesi and KOC both being uh, first-year head coach, GM, it I've said it numerous times, I'll say it again, it, it's, we don't know what to expect. I mean, no. but no. I, I guess I gotta say I blindly trust Kwesi just because, you know, he just got here, so that's why I say blindly. But um, 
he just seems like a guy that I can trust more than I could uh, Rick Spielman. So I feel good about uh, whatever he's going to do. And it, it might not be uh, so exciting in the like right away. Like if we trade down, uh, that just means next year will be even more exciting because I would assume if we trade down, Quasey's going to want at least a first-round pick for next year. Yep. That'd be smart. So Yeah. And I think uh, you're right, DJ. It's blind. We're, we're going into this blind with a new coach and a new GM. But I do have a lot of faith in this smart guy. He is so intelligent. He ain't going to do the dumb stuff. I'm not going to accumulate sixth and seventh-round picks like Spielman did. <laughs> He's going to accumulate first, second, and third round picks, and that's kind of the plan we got to have moving forward if we're going to build this roster back with talent. I did see a comment uh, about Kwesi. He said that there's not enough uh, amount of seventh round picks that will equal a first round pick. And <laughs> <laughs> I was like... I read that and I was like, someone should have told Rick Spielman this years ago. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny, DJ. So at least we know he's not on Rick's coattails, that's for sure. All right. All right. Well, uh, that's it for our draft talk. Uh, so, yeah, this this will be our last show. Next, Our, our next episode Um which it might not be next Wednesday. I, I got something going on next Wednesday. So it'll either be before Wednesday or we might have to take the week off. Uh, we'll be posting about it. Keep you guys updated. Uh, so look for that. Um, so we'll be watching the draft tomorrow night. And we'll have answers. We'll have answers. We'll have a lot to talk about in the next episode about the draft. Uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, and before we wrap up, I got one more trivia question for you, JJ. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, here we go. There has only been three players that have caught passes after they had turned 40 years old. Who are those three players? Jerry Rice. Yep, that's Tom one. Brady. Yeah. And the third one, 40-year-old. Is it an old school player, DJ? Um I mean not like old old, but like not in the 90s. Early 2000s. Well, Late mm. late nineties into you know two thousands. Probably somebody I should know. <laughs> Tim Brown. Yes. No. 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 Forty year old receiver. Well, it was a receiver, wasn't it, or was it a tight end? Uh, I can't tell you the position. <laughs> It was a Tony Gonzalez, was it? Nope. Oh. I, I I'm really surprised you got the Tom Brady one. Um but I thought uh 
I I figured you did Jerry Rice, but I thought the other two you you wouldn't get. They would kind of like blow your mind. But you got Tom Brady. What was the third one, DJ? <clears throat> he's been on four different teams. Um, let's see. He's he was drafted by the Atlanta Falcons. Atlanta and Falcons. he, and he is not a receiver or a tight end. Was it Deion Sanders? Nope. He doesn't play defense. He didn't play defense either. Think outside the box. <laughs> <laughs> not someone that, not someone that uh, really catches passes at all. Atlanta was it Brett Favre? Yes, there you go. Jeez, Brett Favre was that in the Viking purple? I honestly don't know, but I saw that. Uh, I read that question. I saw the answers, and I was like, "Oh, this one's gonna be a hard one for him." But I'm surprised you got Tom Brady. You knew I'd get Jerry for sure, didn't you? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I knew that Tom Brady was a trick question. That was the second guy that came to mind, but I never thought of Brett. Because not a lot of players make it to 40, DJ. Right. So I know but Tom Brady caught being, a pass. Him being, you know, them being quarterbacks, that you don't think of quarterbacks catching a pass. So I figured yeah. it kind of – I thought I was good, stumped you, but – It's good trivia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> all right. Well, that's all we got for this week's episode. Um, hey, hey DJ. Wool, wool. Yeah. Um, where can they go watch your cool videos from the game four? Oh, that would be, uh, well, uh, I got it on uh, High Hopes Instagram. Um, High okay. Hopes. Um, uh, it, I don't, I didn't put them all on Twitter, but um, I got them on my personal um facebook so if uh, you need to go check them out there um most of them that i took are on there i don't think yeah maybe i did put them all on facebook so yeah if you want to watch the the videos i'm sorry i couldn't put them on the episode it just wouldn't work with the sound so um yeah go check them out on on, on my personal facebook page uh just uh dj olsen so um yeah a lot of a lot of wolves talked and a lot of NFL draft talk. Uh, so we will be uh, watching the NFL draft. We might, I might be, might send a little some tweets during the draft, maybe. So yeah. <laughs> All right, yeah. It's just uh, go make uh, make sure to go like, follow, and subscribe to our social media pages on our YouTube channel. The link is in this description. And uh, that's all we got. We'll see you in the next episode. See ya. Peace.